Radical. Welcome to this week's episode of the Print on Demand cast. Each week, join the gnarly Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the totally tubular tools, advice, and strategies you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now on to this week's totally tubular show. Welcome back to the Print On Demand cast, the gold standard for all of your information, entertainment, and dad jokes pertaining to, but not including, doesn't make any sense, the Print On Demand industry. Uh, <laughs> here again with my co-host, Travis, coming from Make Your Mark Design. Travis, how's it going? It is a Monday, and it's going, it whether I want it to or not. Um, I, was spending all, I was spending all morning just... Uh, doing sales calls, had a guy who's starting a brand who was here for a little while, had a 45 minute call with another guy who wants to do um, fulfillment. And then I'm sending out quotes and jobs yeah. and all kinds of stuff. It was, it was, uh, I, I didn't get up from my desk until two. <laughs> and then I oh went and got, a, got a quick bite and uh, came yeah. back and kept going. <laughs> yeah, you Monday? were telling my Monday was good. A lot of office work, a lot of, a lot of, spreadsheet works lots of calls onboarding um you know uh i I meant to tell you this i can tell you the whole story uh offline here but i i did in a roundabout way fire a client that was a a potential one Um, (laughs) that's a good monday (laughs) uh yeah well i mean uh, this client i had a couple calls and it was it was one of those things where yeah i could tell by this phone call that this particular client was not interested in putting in the work necessary to get mm. this thing. I, you know, and wanted us to do all of it. Well, you can't, can you guys, can you guys just do it? Can you guys just do it? I'm like, I'm going to charge you and I'm going to charge you industry stand like industry standard fees. Yeah. If you want me to do this. And then she, all of a sudden this client was just like, no, nah, maybe not. So interesting conversation that, that uh, we can go into more detail later, but uh, overall, uh, a good Monday. I uh, worked a lot mm-hmm. from home with my wife. My wife worked from home today as well. So that's always cool getting to work, be home together. Um, and the dogs seem to enjoy it a lot better because they both have separation anxiety, which is a whole nother mm-hmm. podcast episode. So, um, <laughs> but one of those orders you were telling me about, you got an order from Australia and you actually got mm-hmm. to reach out to a member of the print on demand universe. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, so, we have a customer that uh, sells stuff for uh, their client and they're one of our people and they sell, you know, obviously internationally and, and we had an order come in for Australia and the U S postal service has suspended operations to Australia in certain circumstances, cer- certain circumstances because of um, COVID. And so we were not able to purchase shipping for that shirt. And so um I reached out to Fiona Darcy, part of our Facebook um, Facebook group, Fernanda Mancast Facebook group, and um, she actually is in Australia, and she uh, owns a company called Fusion T-shirts. And so I just reached out to her and said, "Hey, I've got this client. They're, you know, I think they're in like the same province or state or what. I don't know how what they sure. call them, and but it's the same area of Australia, even yeah. super close to her, um, or at least relatively close to her." 
And she was like, yep, I can totally do that. And she took a picture awesome. of the shirt after she did it. She ran the tracking. I mean, if I would have sent it from here, it probably wouldn't get there for like a month, even if UPS or USPS sure. was shipping. <laughs> sure. It's going to get sure. to them in like a week now, you know, <laughs> or less. Yeah. Um, but that was yeah. really cool. Incredible. And uh, so shout out to Fiona. Thanks for being my yes. uh, my down under connection. Appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome, Fiona. Thank you so much. And uh, we just wanted to, Travis told me that story and we both wanted to shout you out here at the top of the show yep. um, because uh, it's really, really cool. Not only that, that you were able to help, and that, but just the fact that that connection has been made through this show, which a year ago, right. Travis and I couldn't imagine uh, a scenario like this happening. But knowing that uh, this thing that he and I are doing as a, as a passion project is positively impacting other people and making connections like that is is super, super cool. So yeah. uh, a big, big thank you to Fiona. Absolutely. So Travis, before we talk about what we have uh, in this episode, we want to go to everyone's favorite segment this week's Weekly Dad Joke. Time for the Weekly Dad Joke. All right. This one's yours. All right. Well, I told you this earlier. It's kind of a, it's a sad Sad day at the print on demand cast. Um, you may or may not have heard this, but the creator of autocorrect died the other day. Mm. Pretty sad. Really? Yeah, that's tragic. Yeah. Restaurant in yeah. peace. And that's this week's weekly dad joke. Man, <laughs> and, and and it's better if you see this joke written because peace is P I E C E. Yeah, yeah, that's not the autocorrect. Yeah, that's not the main part of the joke about autocorrect. So if you miss that, then hit the Mm -hmm. 15 second rewind button. Um, Yeah, so this week uh, we have an an awesome um, interview segment coming up with John Yogazinski, which Mm -hmm. we had to ask him how to pronounce his name twice. We did. Twice we did. Uh, (laughs) Because it it does not look like Yogazinski when you look at it on the paper. So, uh, but this is a guy you met, uh, at ISS, right? Yeah. He was, he literally came up to me and asked me to like snap a picture of my shirt. Cause I was wearing, uh, the, um, print head alignment or, uh, what's it called? What's yeah, it called when you do good, the, the, the nozzle check? Yeah. The nozzle check. Yeah. For the F 2100 has like a certain pattern. And I think I've shown it on the, on the YouTube. Yeah. You've worn um, it a couple of times here. (laughs) Yeah. And it says underneath, it says it's going to be a good day. Cause if you get a clean nozzle check in the DTG world, uh, that means that's a good thing. And so John, yeah, John recently got into the DTG world. He's, he's got a print shop, but he recently got DTG and he saw it and he was like, I got to take a picture. So, uh, so yeah. And we connected and, um, I asked him to come on the show and he was kind enough to do it. So looking forward yeah. to the interview with him. That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good interview. So without further ado, we're going to go to this week's main event, our interview with John Yogazinski. Main event, who's calling? All right, Travis, excited for what we have for our main event for this episode and our interview with John Yogazinski. A little bit about John for you that may not know a whole lot about him. Uh, In 2009, he founded his first company, The Graphic Hive, as a way to assist businesses with with their marketing technology and printing needs. Uh, Through the years, John has made waves launching two successful micro brands, Frame It Here and Devoted to Your Day. 
2017, John launched a publishing division called Hive Publishing Co. and released his first hardcover book, Plastic Fantastic, in November 2017. He is a 2007 magna cum laude graduate graduate rather of the Pennsylvania College of Technology in March 2017. John was presented with the Alumni of the Year Award at the 16th Annual Ooh. Chamber Education Celebration. And he is the Secretary Treasurer for the BNI Millionaires, serves uh, on the AOC Committee for both Jersey, High, Jersey Shore High School and Williamsport Arena High School, and is on the advisory board for the Andy Russell Foundation's all-inclusive playground project in Sellins Grove. He's also volunteers uh, <laughs> His time at the Zion Evangelical Lutheran Church in Turboteville, Pennsylvania. I hope I got all of those pronunci- <laughs> pronunciations correct, but we are excited to welcome John Yogazinski to the podcast. John, welcome. Thanks so much. And uh, thanks for taking time to join Travis and I here on the POD cast. Yeah, and thanks for having us. I mean, a lot of Pennsylvania, you know, fun Polish names and uh, <laughs> weird pronunciations, uh, a lot of pierogi eating, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. That's I noticed awesome. you're, uh, you're, part, you're part of B&I. Um, I, it, that's a, a networking uh, group. I mean, I know this is kind of off script a little bit, but isn't that what that is? That what, is that what yeah, that is, Business Networking business, International? Yeah, Business Networking International. So we meet okay. like thursdays at seven o'clock in the morning the whole point is just to pass referrals yeah yeah i actually have a um kind of a standing invitation from somebody that is doing that to be because the way the, the cool thing about that is like in at the chamber of commerce or rotary club or whatever you can have like 10 different people that do printing or whatever or 10 realtors but in bni at least the one that they're doing here maybe it's the same with you guys it's like there's one slot for a realtor. There's one slot for a printer. There's one slot for a roofer. And all of those people are passing referrals. Is that kind of what BNI is uh, for you guys too? Yep. Yep. I'm actually, I'm under there for web development, but I kind of like it because, uh, you know, in my intro, I'm talking about helping others, you know, with their business needs. So it's not just yeah. about like, if a client comes to meet with me, I can, you know, refer them to a banker or something that they might need later on down the road. So it's kind of, yeah. A neat way that we've kind of grown our business. So that's awesome. Yeah. So um, I, I, uh, we haven't recorded our intro for this, so I probably already said this in the podcast. But uh, we, John and I, actually met for like two seconds at the ISS Long Beach trade show. He was he was in a booth. I was in a booth. He walked up to me and he saw uh, a shirt I had on that had like nozzle. <laughs> It was the uh, have a good day nozzle. Today's a good day. Yeah. Today's a good day. And uh, he was like, oh, that's such a cool shirt. And so we talked for a split second. And then I walked back to my group of friends and they were like, hey, you should ask him to be on the podcast. I was like, that's a great idea. So I ran up to him and looked like a crazy man and invited him to be on the podcast. So because um, he's a he's a well, store I felt, owner. I feel like more of the crazy man going, hey, can I take a picture of your shirt? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true that's true uh but you are you know you're the owner of the graphic hive and um that print shop and so that's the main reason we wanted to get you on here um and and just share a little bit about kind of what you're doing what it's like to run a print shop and all of that but to get started why don't you tell us like your printing story how did you get into printing to begin with so um at the very early ages i was um I went to high school and they had a graphic arts program. So I was kind of into that and thought it was interesting. Wound up going to Penn College, which at the time had a four-year program for printing. And uh, basically, after I graduated, I was working for a print-on-demand book 
printing company, but they mm. still considered me college help. So I bounced around a couple different jobs and eventually wound up starting uh, the Graphic Hive with two other business partners who were like college friends that, you know, were either, you know, still in school or just graduated. And I think our whole point of uh, starting the Graphic Hive is we were kind of like sick of the status quo norm that, you know, some of the design agencies and places around here uh, had to offer. So we wanted to kind of be, you know, a little bit more cutting edge, offer something a little different. Mm -hmm. And um, what we found is we found that in 2009, which is right after the economic downturn, which is the greatest time to start a company. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, we also found that design by itself doesn't pay. So that's when Mm -hmm. we started you know, partnering with other people that like my friend had a, uh, you know, manual screen print shop and we'd send him our screen print work, but mm-hmm. eventually wound up. Um, so Penn College got rid of their graphic arts program and I got their screen printing equipment when it was kind of you know, oh, wow. going by the wow. wayside. Um, so kind of learned real quick uh, what not to do as a screen printing <laughs> shop. <laughs> but sure. um, and, and I think, you know, trying to. Uh, I think the big thing is a lot of what we've done has been like sweat equity. You buy a used thing, you figure it out. And, and mm. um, more recently, I'd say in the past like three to five years, we've just kind of been on a crazy course of growth where uh, I bought my first auto over uh, 2020. And, mm-hmm. you know, in one year we've done over a hundred thousand impressions on that thing and wow. really kind of focused on expanding like our capability. So I've got two single heads of embroidery, I just Mm -hmm. got a a used DTG and we're just kind of like, you know, we have all the capability. Now I'm really like, especially because January, February are like our slow time trying to dial in any kind of time saving or, or shop hack or thing to kind of make it so that things just flow so much better when we are busy and, you know, you're working all every round the clock trying to get everything done. So, yeah. So you mentioned you got a couple heads of embroidery um, and a DTG. Uh, what, like, what did, what brands did you go with for your, um, embroidery and for your DTG? So for embroidery, we have, uh, two happy, uh, 12 pellet or 12 needle. Um, one's a little newer than the other one, but you know, like I said, with the sweat equity, I bought them used, drove to like Virginia beach and like <laughs> South Carolina, picked them up and yeah. you know, made a little weekend of it. And yep. then the, the DTG, it's, it's weird how like, uh, going into, well, with the pandemic, um, you know, I felt like we were doing stores and things like that to try and raise money for local groups and just keep the presses spinning, yeah. which mm. would have been great if I had a DTG at the time. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I decided sure. to kind of go the opposite route because we were kind of hitting walls with just there's not enough hours of the day to print shirts where yeah. we needed the auto. Um, so it was one of those things like I wish I had the auto. But at the time when I bought the auto, I'm like, should I have bought a DTG? Cause I'm, I'm yeah. you know, doing three color work and you know, all these small runs, but it was weird. Cause once we got the, the auto in, we had one client that does a lot of water-based printing and mm-hmm. uh, that's kept us really, really busy. And wow. I got, I got the DTG from them. So, oh, wow. know, so basically yeah, I think our first order, we traded them, you know, our printing for, I got a folding machine. I got a, uh, film output wow. printer, uh, heat press, and a DTG. So. Oh, sweet! <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> That's, That's really fun. cool. Yeah. yeah so I think the, the big thing with my my story, it's just kind of like things happen. I go, okay, either do it and learn from it, or, or do it and you know, yeah, <laughs> regret it later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So tell me this uh, personally. Uh, speaking of a personal experience, we had an embroidery machine at one point in time, and. 
um, it, it made me, it, it almost turned me into a functioning alcoholic. So my question to you, John, <laughs> is are you running that yourself? Do you have someone running it? Does the person running it hate it? Do you hate embroidery? Is it a love hate? Because I, I'll tell you what, I had no idea how much of an art uh, embroidery is and being good at it specifically. It takes, uh, you talk about sweat equity, it takes a lot of time to dial those things in. <laughs> yeah, so um, there's like 15 questions you asked me there, so let me see yes. if I can get all of them. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I am running it right now, and that's just basically because we had someone in the embroidery department that just didn't work out. Just rage so, quit, didn't they? They rage quit. That's what happened. I, I, sure, we'll call it that. Um, but I could see where the alcoholism comes into play because uh, the other day I was just trying to run a job, and it had some small text in it. And I'm, I'm like pulling my hair out because everything else yep. runs fine. Yep. The tensions yep. are fine. Yep. What is going on? <laughs> Here, I look and at the bottom of the machine, it's like you're supposed to oil the bobbin head. I put three drops of oil and the machine ran like like butter. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They are incredibly, incredibly finicky. finicky. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think the big thing is I always, I always like, you know, in terms of like troubleshooting, I love having a screen printing problem because I can see what the heck's going on. Sure. An embroidery machine, that needle's going, you know, 700 stitches yeah. a second. <laughs> right, just kinda, right. uh, I don't know what's going on. I'll tweak this. Yeah. I'll turn that. So. Yep. Yeah, yep. absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your shop today. You kind of told us uh, the machines that you have uh, now, the DTG, the embroidery, and the screen printer. But how, how big is the shop? Um, do you, how many people do you have working for you? What's, what's it look like? Yeah, so we have a staff of 10. And um, in 2020, we purchased our first ever building. So we were always running like oh, a small downtown awesome. place. Nice. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'd always try to make it work, but you're kind of limited with parking and, and just you can't put a, a big diameter press or anything in, sure. in a space like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so closed on a building August of 2020. Uh, and it's a 10,000 square foot building. It actually has three other tenants in addition to us. So we have like an apartment and there's like a wood mm. shop and like an antique okay. store. That's cool. Um, so that helps pay the mortgage, but uh, mm-hmm. we have 6,000 square foot of it. So our production for screen printing is in the basement. Um, then we have like a little office area where the DTG resides just because it's like the only climate controlled area in the building. Right, um, sure. And then we have like our framing operation um, in the room next door and then upstairs, which they used to call the penthouse. That's where I've got uh, my two heads of embroidery you know, vinyl for personalization and stuff like that. And I actually have my old manual press up there for just, mm. you know, the odd jobs or, or maybe one day, you know, when yeah. COVID's gone, we'll have courses or something like, like I almost want to do like those, uh, those drink and draw wine paint party things. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. Where, you know, invite a bunch of people over, they draw something, we print it on the front on their DT with the DTG and then have like a, a screen up that says I printed this at the graphic hive on the back. But yeah, um, and then my awesome. office is upstairs too. That's cool. That's awesome. That's a great idea. That's, that's, um, I know, um, we're, we're going to talk about it a little bit, but you, you, you do have a lot of ideas and you've even created some things, um, you know, kind of out of the box brand type things that you've, you've done. Um, you kind of have your hands in a lot of different things. So we'll talk about it in a little bit, but I, I just wanted to ask, as we're talking about your shop and, you know, since you are the CEO, like what does a day in the life of a, you know, the owner of a print shop, what, what do you do every day? I know you said you, you know, you run some embroidery, but um, I think 
if you had your druthers, you'd have somebody doing that because your time is potentially, I'm assuming, better spent in other places. Mm -hmm. uh, so what does a day in the life look like for you? Well, um, so I have two little bigadors that I uh, take to the office with me every morning. So they dictate most of my morning where uh, they have to go to the bathroom or whatever. But um, other than, you know, attending to the dogs, it could be just checking in with production down in the basement to see if they need anything or if they have questions about jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, any kind of client walk-ins where, uh, you know, today I had someone that wanted two t-shirts. And, and mm -hmm. I think that's been the biggest struggle for me because I'm used to production where, mm -hmm. you know, some lady wants two shirts and say, you know, grandma's grandma in training. And I look <laughs> at the time I spend for her for two t-shirts when I, I can also spend the same amount of time on, you know, five piece order, you know, yeah. how, how do you kind of, politely manage that without you know, making someone upset right um so yeah any kind of client interaction just kind of you know making sure things are happening and i think with me like right now because i said we're so we're kind of slow we're like the shop is just in disarray where we're trying to just tweak things like okay what if we put you know where we detape screens on this side of the screen and almost make like a dirty and a clean area just to kind of make production sure. flow a little bit better and I'm kind of gearing up towards uh, it's funny when you you so when we moved here, I laid everything out on Illustrator kind of as if I had like a floor plan. Mm -hmm. And I was mm -hmm. so naive to how things move when you're talking <laughs> about, uh, you know, an auto and, you know, yeah. the, the palette of shirts or anything like that. So right. um, I've, I've learned from my mistakes and I have a plan, but we almost have to at some point move our dryer to the other side of the building and there's a big dark room in the way. And mm. it, <laughs> it's wow. one of those things where you, you don't, until you're in the space and you put everything there, you don't see the little problems. And issues. Yeah, sure. So. That's true. Yeah. We've, re we've moved all our stuff all over the place, you know, multiple times, particularly in our DTG room in the back, just trying to, we had it one way and then we completely just did a mirror image of it. Um, because of the flow, you know, it just made more sense. And we were for a long, for the longest time we were drying, um, you know, each individual DTG print on a, on a heat press. Um, and so when we finally got, the, got our conveyor dryer that changed everything and just, you know, everything kind of had to flip. So I, I, I sympathize with you. So what you're saying is <laughs> you're basically running around solving problems. Right, John? Yeah. yeah, I think that's that's the I always uh, I'd I don't like titles, but I'd love to put on my car just janitor. While I'm just cleaning up everybody's you know, shit. So. <laughs> totally. That is, that's hilarious. In your intro, you mentioned, um, you know, two micro brands uh, frame it here and devoted it to your day. So tell us a little bit about um those for, first of all what is a micro brand for the, someone that's listening that, that doesn't under, doesn't know what that is uh and and a little bit about both of them and how they tie into the graphic hive as a whole yeah so i guess um i think in one of the episodes you know i've listened to a few episodes of your podcast but uh the knit it's kind of like finding a niche and just making a very hyper focused website you know that's packed with keywords that hopefully the website does most of your sales work and all it is is someone come like, you know, when I'm running around and someone comes in for framing, I'm able to go and help them. So uh, mm -hmm. if you look at it and the other thing too is frame it here. I haven't really touched in four years and we're busier than ever, 
but uh, mm-hmm. basically taking the time to document like a year's worth of projects and do little write-ups about each framing project and how it's important and, uh, you know, explain in detail the, the process of framing. It just makes it, and, and the other thing too is I look at my competition of other frame shops and I want to have a better website than they do so that mm-hmm. I rank. So uh, framing ties into what we're doing uh, at the graphic high level because, you know, we can do wide format printing and things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, someone comes in and, you know, they have a picture of their kids or something like that. We can throw it on canvas. We can frame it. Mm-hmm. And um, I always like to have the I, I treat these micro brands as sort of my uh, $10 toaster at Walmart or it gets you in the door. And we mm-hmm. might be able to, be able to sure. talk about other stuff that the graphic hive or is gotcha. doing. So, and, and the neat thing is most people that get stuff framed have a business or, you know, have, have yeah. connections where that has actually come to fruition. So mm-hmm. it's kind of neat that way. And, and I also like just seeing just weird stuff come across the table. Like today I had some uh, kid that brought in some like signed magic card prints, you know, of the, like the artist that did the, the art. For oh, the wow. Magic okay. Find them and numbered and when he wanted to preserve them. So that was kind of neat because, you know, when I was in high school, I played magic, but I haven't touched those cards in, you sure. know, for, for, for a while there. <laughs> um, but that's kind of frame it here. And um, and then Devoted to Day, I had high hopes and aspirations that it would be like all of the Graphic Hive services geared towards weddings. Um, mm. So, you know, we were talking like, you know, the invites, the uh, bachelorette party t-shirts, uh, framing is actually part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, video photography, but um, at the end of the day, uh, Devoted Your Day in my area has just been a photo booth company. So on the weekends, okay. I have like a whole photo booth set up where I'll you know bring it to the wedding, set up for a few hours, let people take pictures, and and it's kind of it, I think that's my most successful print on demand run where I've got a little uh, sublimation printer that does little two by six strips, but it, it's kind of fun <laughs> and you know you get to talk and socialize with people so. Um, but there again, it has its own website and it's, you know, very keyword heavy to hopefully bring in people. And I also like working in these micro brands because it's kind of a neat way to digest. Well, how am I going to get clients? You know? So for me, for devote your day, I go to like one wedding expo a year and that kind of keeps me busy enough that I'm happy. So, okay. So, um, so you, these these particular these micro brands are kind of like you say feeding into your main business and you know i mentioned that you do just you have a lot of ideas you do a lot of things uh, but what i kept hearing when you were talking was that you know the website thing and you know lots of seo and writing all about you know how you know this is the framing process and would you say you spend a lot of time writing as part of your um speciality i guess um you know your specialty is as as the business owner and and kind of having your hands in all of these different little businesses um to drive all that traffic to to your websites is that is that is that a skill that you you have that um has helped you i with writing it's a love-hate relationship it's almost like the embroidery machine <laughs> um, I have to be in the right mindset. I have to just, you know, kind of the, the mood has to be set and, and then the words will flow. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and, and I feel like, uh, writing is almost like if you don't do it, you lose it too. So I have sure. some things I have to do for some clients that I'm kind of like just grinning and going, oh, I should really do that. Cause, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I have to get in that right mindset to, to do it. So, uh, sure. And, and I think the nice thing is I have a, a business partner now that sometimes I'll just 
do my kind of word vomit and he'll kind of go and mitigate it to something that's a little bit more legible, a little less, you know, <laughs> emotional or whatever the, the case may be. So, you know, we kind of work as a nice dynamic duo for stuff like that. So, so what percentage of like, um, you know, working on websites and things like that, do you do compared to, you know, more like face to face with customers or in production or on the phone with a customer? What, you know, those kinds of things, what, what would, what percentages would you go uh, with on those? It really depends on how busy we are. So like for the web design, I kind of am like the facilitator, not necessarily doing the coding or the writing. So mm -hmm. I might have a kickoff meeting where there's a graphic designer and a web developer in the same room with the client and you know the designers taking down whatever uh they need to kind of do the mock-up once the mock-up's approved then the developer takes it and i'm just kind of like checking in here and there making sure things are, are going on um so like i think for us uh more of the big picture uh me being a manager is we do a weekly meeting on tuesday and we have like a ticketing system just to keep track of the 9 million things that I have, might have going on that week. <laughs> sure. And we just kind of say, okay, what are, are, you know, is the client stalling the project? Are we stalling the project? What, you know, needs to happen to just kind of resolve that ticket. So we've kind of treated a lot of our projects as almost like their IT issues, huh. you know? So Yeah, huh. that's cool. So you're using like a ticketing system for that stuff. And then that just goes to whoever is tagged in the, in that particular, um, you know, department or whatever is that kind of how it works yeah yeah i, I think it, i found that be to uh to work a whole lot better than just email because i don't my yeah. email is just a disaster sure <laughs> yeah you're preaching to the choir brother yeah yeah, yeah totally so you, you mentioned you know you mentioned you got a, a D dtg recently and you kind of told us a little bit about your thoughts about how you could implement that but what are some other ideas that you see DTG fitting into your business and, and helping you kind of um, uh, hit some different areas that maybe you haven't been able to in the past? Yeah, I think for us, the DTG is one of those things where, I mean, I don't know if you guys, well, you've probably experienced the same thing where uh, the mills are producing kind of subpar garments. And, you know, mm. when you're, we're doing a run, we're not looking in every armpit to see if there's a hole. So <laughs> sure. for us, sure. you know, yeah, uh, yeah. it might be, okay, we, we've already reclaimed the screens and, you know, one of the parents came back yep. to us and we need, you know, we need to keep them happy. Yeah. So that, that has kind of been an avenue. So we don't have to totally reset up and redo for one shirt. Mm -hmm. Uh, for us, yeah. you know, we get some work that I just, I don't want to screen print because it's a million colors and they only want 12 or 24 of them. So right. yep. there's kind of a nice little right. niche there. And I think the other thing too is, uh, we would always get the people that wanted to call in and it would call in and want to do one or two shirts. And uh, we've actually had a clients where we've said yes, and it's turned into bigger things. So I've, mm. I've always had that love hate relationship with the small yeah. orders. Cause I think they are yeah. important to an extent, but they can't kind of occupy your whole time. So that is one sure. Sure. element that I want to kind of figure out a little bit more just so it's not such a time suck for the one, two t-shirts. Cause I think we, we've always treated everything as a custom project but I can't have a client come in and want to touch and feel every single garment. Cause first off, every <laughs> single garment's not going to work with that DTG. So yep. exactly. So, right. But um, we do have an idea that's kind of in the work. So um, I think one thing that has really helped us uh, 
tremendously with the apparel decorating side is we use Deco Network for all of our, oh, cool. our online stores, our shop management, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I have like a repository of designs that either we've done in the past and, you know, didn't have time to produce ourselves or, right. you know, sometimes when we're presenting a client something, we have like three or four options and they pick this one, but these other two are still strong. So I want to make like an on-demand store where it's just got kind of a repository of old designs. It's kind of more of a, yeah. I, I want that. And and I think that's a better way to handle DTG than how we're handling it right now. Totally. And I want to do kind of like the community give back portion where portion of proceeds go to like a nonprofit for the month. So sure, mm-hmm. that's a good yeah, way to get eyeballs awesome. on it too. So. Absolutely. Yeah. That's something um, Josiah knows a little bit about. He uh, so my company um, has been using Inksoft, but I think we're going to end up switching over to Deco um, here pretty soon. But Josiah knows a lot about Deco. Didn't didn't uh, you guys do some some of that like the Rising Tides type stuff and like helping other families and things like that? Were you using Deco yeah. for that, Josiah? No, that wasn't that wasn't Deco. That was through uh, Madeline's Etsy. Store, oh, okay, but we, did, okay. we did do something similar where we'd find a family in need and a portion of the proceeds would go to help that family, which is why she called it rising tide after the whole, you know, rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah. Um, same. So, but yeah, we, we did, we did something similar and uh, what we're talking about deco um, because I have used it. We've talked about it on the show before John in your experience. Um, how, how has deco served you guys as, as a print shop just for what you've implemented it for with the stores and shop management? I think Deco is one of those things you got to invest a lot of time to figure out Mm. how it's going to work in your shop. And there are certain things that I kind of hate about Deco and there's certain things I love about Deco. (laughs) So it's like embroidery, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yes, But um, I think there are are some huge things that it has helped. Like, you know, for us during the pandemic, that was our only portal to kind of do something. And luckily we already had like a year of it under our belt. So adding the stores wasn't a huge issue. It was just more like we went zero to a hundred into fulfillment and had to figure out all the logistics side of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, I think the thing is, the thing I don't like about Deco is their user interface is kind of junk. Mm-hmm. But the tool is that the tool is like it's interesting to look at all the different like there's Printavo and you said you use Inksoft and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I feel like depending on how they were developed, are their strengths. So like sure. Inksoft is a great sales tool. We tried yeah. use we tried switching from Deco to Inksoft, but their production just like the fact that there's different numbers assigned depending on what's going on just hmm. causes more confusion because we're used to how Deco works. Right. You know, and, and, and yep. like I look at Printavo and maybe five, ten years could be the leader, but sure. it still lacks some of the, the like I think the biggest thing I like about Deco is I don't have to involve a designer to do mock-ups because the products are all there. Right. Yeah. And right. I think until somebody comes up with this magic pill that makes all the products just work, you right. know, they're all gonna be funky <laughs> systems that you fight with. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's a good that's a good kind of summary of all of those because they all, like you say, they all have kind of their their positives and their negatives. And you just kind of have to figure out which one's going to work best for your, your company. And um, yeah, yeah, we've talked about that a lot on the show. Um, <clears throat> even in the Facebook group, actually, we, we had a long discussion about it with some people uh, that were asking about that. Um, but yeah. So, 
So, John, let's. I just want to ask you, like, where do you see the graphic hive going? Um, like, let's just project five years from now. Um, what does it look like? Uh, do you have any projects in the works that, you know, could change some, I mean, are you going to be doing more fulfillment, more print on demand? Are you going to go more for, um, you know, schools or corporations or, you know, what, what's kind of your trajectory for the graphic hive? Um, I think honestly, it's, we're at a point where we can start kind of weeding out bad clients. And I don't want to say bad Mm. clients, you know, but I think there's like a certain, fit for us where we all get along sure. and, and it's just kind of painless throughout the whole transaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd like to really like, uh, you know, one person I kind of look up to is you ever read any of the books by Mike Michalowicz? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, like the pumpkin, pumpkin plan. plan. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I would love to cultivate more stuff like that. So um, I don't know, five years, I'm hoping the shop, I'm not moving things around and we have it finally <laughs> dialed in, but um, I could hopefully see, you know, maybe a second auto just to kind of keep up with demand. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a hybrid where it's like the, you know, it, it, it's got the DTG head on it mm-hmm. so that we can do crazy multicolor work, but not have a, like, mm-hmm. cause I think my thing with my building is I've got big pillars everywhere. So uh, I can't get anything more than a eight color 10 station in the okay. room without you sure. know hugging the walls to get by so yeah but um the hybrid it looks really interesting because you know i want to do the cool you know crazy multicolor work or or we're even like coming back from the show, i feel like we've we've got so many ideas and not enough time and we want to well let's try <laughs> this additive let's do like but really kind of hone into what um the average screen printer is not doing so, sure. you know, some specialty effects, some puffs, some foil, some mm-hmm. things where it's just like, you know, the, the people are so confused to how we're even doing it. That, uh, it's just <laughs> it's that sure. wow factor. So, yeah. you know, um, embroidery, I'm hoping I'm not doing it. And maybe we actually have like a four or six head for production. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and the big thing is like we, we've uh, built out capability and then, you know, next five years is capacity. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, what do you think, Josiah? Should we? Uh, Is it magic question time? I think I think it's magic question time. Okay, John, we're gonna play a bumper. Travis hasn't even seen this new bumper, uh, but we've gotten away with it so far, and there's no been no IP claims, so we'll see what happens. But this is a se- the section of each interview where you ask the same questions, everybody, known as magic questions. That's perfect. Little t-shirt castle. Love it. That was pretty great. If you're not watching, you need to get on our YouTube channel, guys. Yeah, uh, YouTube or Spotify. There's video. Yeah. We have video on Spotify now, so they want to go <laughs> check that out for sure. As long as it's still up. <laughs> yep. Well, like uh, Josiah said, this is Magic Questions. It's we ask s- similar questions to different people uh, on the podcast, and so we are going to ask you some, John. So tell us about a time when something happened in your business that was just a colossal, you know, catastrophe, and you felt like a failure. It was just, oh, how could this have happened? I feel terrible, et cetera, et cetera. Give us the story. Well, I, you know, this is only an hour long podcast, so I'll try to find, 
I think the big thing is, um, at the end of the day, we treat colossal failures as learning opportunities. So one that comes to mind is we, and this was just kind of like a, a an issue that we didn't even realize was an issue, but basically we had a client that they ordered, they were like $19 hoodies and they had a front print, a back print and a sleeve print. Mm-hmm. And they were very adamant about the sleeve print being four inches. Well, on our auto, our sleeve boards are only three and a half. Mm-hmm. So we had to figure out a way to kind of do something to kind of make that work so that I didn't have to eat, you know, a couple grand worth of um, garments. So mm-hmm. for us, we actually went back and forth, found out that um, we could get like a four inch patch. We tried heat pressing them. They weren't adhering to the garment. We uh, like anything that could have gone wrong did with that job. Mm-hmm. But I think the nice thing that I, I'm proud to say is we're still working with that client. So we wound up, you know, getting patches, sewing them on, uh, saving the day, not having to come out of pocket for new garments. So, yeah. you know, I think the big thing for us with Colossal Failure is just trying to figure out how to improve communication. So everyone's not like, sure. it's not sales against production or production against sales mm-hmm. or, you know, <laughs> like... At the end of the day, we're yeah. human, and there's a million details that could go wrong. Just so, how to prevent yeah. it from from going wrong. I want I want to make sure I understand um, just how colossal this failure was. Did you had already <laughs> printed three and a half inch sleeve prints, oh, yeah. and the client was like, "No, these were supposed to be four. So you had to get a patch to put on top of those oh, three gosh. and a half. So you had the four inch four inches that the client wanted. Is that am I reading that right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's that's colossal. <laughs> Half inch of failure, right there. Half <laughs> inch of failure. Oh my gosh, that could be an autobiography. Half inch of failure. <laughs> that's funny. Um, there's yeah, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Anyway, so question number two: um, If you had to start all over, if you lost all of your current contacts, if you had lost all the machines, everything that you have now is gone, and you had to start all over, what would you do first? I think, uh, especially walking around Long Beach and drooling over equipment and asking, well, how much is that? And going, well, that's out of the question. Um, for <laughs> me, I feel like uh, maybe direct to like start small and grow it. Did you say you I cut out like, there. Do you say direct to film? Yeah. Okay. Um, and really, that's just because, you know, I walked to the show and that was like 17 grand for a, a full setup. You know, I'm, I'm looking at like right. an auto uh, reclaim that's 35 grand. I'm just kind of like, you know, like something that all it does is reclaim screens is, yeah. you know, two, three times that. <laughs> so, so almost just, and, and the other thing too is I feel like if I started small and just focused on onesies, twosies and kind of built it out production wise, it'd be a whole different beast than kind mm. of going, well, we have a, we have a manual, but we'll charge auto prices to kind of compete with everybody we need to get right. the auto and, and kind of, and now we're struggling with trying to handle onesie twosies, you know, right. if, if mm-hmm. I just started where I, you know, you run the DTF all day and, and the versatility of it's there, but you know, that's, yeah. that's something I'm looking at later, even here. So without all my contacts, just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's you're the first person that said they would, uh, they do DTF. And I, I mean, a lot of our, to be fair, a lot of our, um, you know, interviewees may not even know what direct to film is, but um, you, you obviously just coming back from Long Beach saw there was there were a lot of them with that. Did you see the um, the powderless DTF machine? 
Did you see that there, John? I don't know. Well, my thing is, I didn't really spend a lot of time at PTF because I was trying to get more, you know, the screen printing automation going to classes and things like that. But um, gotcha. It's it's something I'm keeping an eye on, and I'll probably go to ISS over in Atlantic City and maybe spend more time if I have more time. But, yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's some uh, there's some cool things happening, but I I still think we're pretty early on that. I think um, you know, there's no big like. Epson, Canon, none of the big guys have like right. have machines yet. So you're you're kind of I don't know, you're rolling the dice a little bit, but you know, to your point or to your skill set, you know, of buying used machines and just working on them and making them work, it might be something that you could, you know, something breaks down, you might be able to fix it whereas, mm-hmm. you know, I don't have a, um a super handy guy, you know, at our shop, so that's why, you know, warranties are really good for us. <laughs> but uh, no, th- that's that's cool. That's a cool answer, though. Direct to film. Um, I could see that, you know, growing into something that's that could be a much, much larger business over time. Um, all right. Last question. Last magic question. Throughout your career, how important have mentoring relationships and training been in your development as a print entrepreneur? I, I think it's huge. Um, honestly, continuing education, um, just reading books, listening to podcasts. Like, I, I don't know where, if I would be anywhere without seeing what other people have done and just pulling little tidbits and things out of it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, for me, like right now with kind of rearranging the shop, I'm following this guy, uh, Corey from Floodway Prints up in okay. Canada. And he is uh, opening my eyes up to just little efficiencies and, and the whole idea of Kanban. And I'm trying to read books on yeah. that. So like I'm doing such a deep dive on how to just make things. So you don't have to, it's, it's almost like the, the McDonald'sizing of our shop where it's like, you don't yep. have to walk two steps to make a hamburger, you know, we're, right. but we're making t-shirts. Sure. So, so I, you know, I love going to the shows. Um, and the other thing too, is uh, when I went to Long Beach, I actually brought my stepdaughter along just to kind of show because like she's been helping out over the summer and things like that and she's expressed an interest in you know is kind of trying to learn the auto and things like that so bringing her and and she's coming back with even more energy than i have to kind of yeah. really whip whip us all into shape so that's cool so that, that was kind of fun yeah awesome. the whole lean, lean manufacturing thing is super cool we do we actually do kanban cards for our inventory um so like we'll stack, you know, 10 shirts or whatever. And then when it gets to, you know, cause we're doing POD, so we're pulling one, maybe two. And then when it gets to like five or four or whatever, there's a card there. We pull the card and it's got a QR code on it when, so when we're ordering, it's just beep. And it takes us to the product page, um, you know, and it has four different QR codes. So if this one's out of stock, you can go to the next one. Uh, same, same type of deal. And then they re reorder. And then when they come in, we fold them, put them on the shelf and then put that card back in. So next time, you know, on that particular size, we, you know, get to that spot, we reordered again. So that's one way that we we've used that, but there's so much to that whole lean manufacturing, um, methodology. We, I've, I've talked to some people about maybe getting them on the show, um, you know, that do more of that. Heck, I need them just to come to my shop and just <laughs> walk through and go, nope, nope, nope. That's a bad idea. No, you could do this, you know, <laughs> but I think they would, uh, it, it would be very painful for them to walk through my shop and see how inefficient it is. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, and I, I like the idea, especially during a pandemic, having a backup of whatever. So, you know, we're, we're at a nice point where I've got two extra print cartridges for the DTG or, mm-hmm. or you know, an extra gallon yeah. of white or just stocking yeah. up the stuff that because uh, I have a, a ink mixing system and uh, our mixing system, I can't get the, the GS yellow. Mm. so and you know without that i'm I'm out i don't know how many pantone colors i can't mix Mm. wow thank you covid yeah Yeah. (laughs) without a doubt well john uh, as we kind of wind down here before we um end the interview let everyone know where they can find uh you know all of your projects where you're at on the social medias all of those things your handles let people know where they can find you and uh and follow you yeah, so um, Graphic Hive's on Facebook. I think it's facebook.com slash thegraphichive. Same thing for Instagram. Uh, my stepdaughter does talk every once in a while, so we're on TikTok there. Um, <laughs> if you want to follow my personal journey and see dogs and, and screen print related things <laughs> and pictures of food, I'm jyogi3 at, uh, on Instagram. So <laughs> Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. That's and as cool. always, well, we'll put all those links in the show notes for you that are listening or watching. Um, you can have easy access where to find John and all of his projects and, and all of his dogs. What are the, what are they with the big adores? Is that what you said? Big yep. old Labrador big mixes. Yep. Wow. I've never heard of that before, but yeah, they're like little labs, big adores. That's attitude. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going yeah, to your Instagram just to see the pictures. That's for sure. And yeah, also, John yeah. is is a member of our Facebook group, uh, the Print on Demand Cast. So you can tag him there if you want and uh, yeah. bug him in the in the Facebook group as well. Absolutely. Well, John, thanks so much again for taking time. We look forward to to catching up with you uh, again soon and seeing what else you've got going on, other projects, ideas, micro brands. We want to. Definitely keep tabs and check in. But thank you for, again for taking the time out of your schedule to join us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having me. Uh, <laughs> all right, we want to thank <laughs> John problem. one more time for taking time out of his schedule and joining us here on the Print on Demand cast. It was really cool to to hear all that he's doing. I just I was fascinating to hear the micro brands and just how he he seems like. Uh, you know, of course, this is the first time that I've spoken with him, and the first time you've spoken with him in long form as well, but. He seems mm-hmm. to have um, no shortage of ideas. In fact, an idea that right. he told us off air is something that we're actually excited to bring uh, attention <laughs> to for the print on demand cast. We're not going to, we won't do any spoilers for him, but I think it's going to be awesome and really, really fun. Oh, yeah. But I, I think that was one of the things that I was most impressed with is man, this guy, he, you can definitely tell he is just thinking all the time how to leverage the technology and the assets that he already has, which you and I talk about quite a bit on the show is just maximizing your assets. Yeah, totally. And then his, I think his secret sauce, if you will, is kind of his um, knowledge of the, uh, you know, building websites and, and really yeah, his kind websites of under- are awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go to his uh, graphic hive. It's the graphic hive.com. I believe um, yep. it's, it's in um, it's in the show notes for you guys if you want to check it out. But he he does some some good good sites, and then you know his understanding of SEO and how to rank in Google for you know some of those other things that he's doing with his um, you know his his other uh, brands that he was talking about, and um, yeah, he's just he's got a lot of ideas, and they're working for him not just to like not just as a thing to like kind of do a money grab, but they're all funneling into they're creating awareness of his main thing, which is graphic hive. And 
you know, we've, we kind of do that too. when we go out to like the markets, yeah. you know, in the summer and, and we're trying to, while we do get money from that sure. and that is in its of itself kind of a beneficial thing, the bigger win for us yeah. is when we, you know, connect with somebody who has a business that puts a, puts a big order in later or something like that. Um, so yeah, it sounds like John's really, you know, pressed in there. He's, he started the graphic hive in 2009. So he, he's got some years under his belt. He's figured some things out and it was really fun talking to him. Cool dude. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was really impressed. And his, I tried to share the, the website here um, on the, on the show, just kind of screen share, but uh, apparently I'm mm -hmm. not given Chrome permission to share my screen to Streamyard for some reason so that's not going to happen but it is a really sharp looking website uh, i will yeah. say that uh, I, I was checking it out while we were recording as you brought it up and it, it is really really well done so please go go check that out um again the graphichive.com so thank you guys again for for tuning in for listening let us know what you thought of the interview if you want to talk to john ask john a question again he's part of our facebook group that's facebook.com slash group slash print on demand cast is where you can go to check that out uh if social media is not your thing as always we always tell people we understand completely so you can email us info at print on demand cast if you don't want to go to the facebook group but we encourage you if you are a social media person or or enjoy social media uh, you can you can go to the group there and join the family join the conversation we're super excited to have you we also have uh, an instagram which is awesome so you can go find us there instagram.com slash print on demand cast there'll be more content coming there as well as we grow that channel out um if you're listening to this i this podcast on itunes or apple podcast i think it's always gonna be itunes to me i don't care what they do tim cook to change the branding <laughs> it will always be itunes to me but it is technically called the apple podcast if you're listening there leave us a five-star review and uh, let us know what you think of the show add a comment whatever it is if you do that we will shout you out on the show we always enjoy mm -hmm. uh you know reading the reviews and, and bringing some attention to that it definitely helps the algorithm and helps us get in front of the right people and if you're listening on spotify you can also uh rate the show there at the top of the feed there's a little button that says five stars because that's we, that's what it's been rated so far Click that, and uh, you can rate that system as well. It also mm -hmm. has video. That's where you can go to get exclusive access to the video is on the Spotify app. But every we're gonna we're shooting for I will say every Friday around three o'clock for the episodes to drop on the YouTube channel. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please like and subscribe uh, to this channel, like this video, mm -hmm. uh, share the video if you find the information helpful, share any of the videos that we have uploaded if you find the information has been helpful to you, share it with someone that could also use that knowledge and like and subscribe. Travis, anything else before we uh, wrap this up? Not this week, maybe next week. <laughs> maybe, maybe next, maybe. maybe. He might have well, some closing statements next week. He might have, exactly. But you'll have to wait. If you will. Yes, you have to come back. And here, Travis's soliloquy next week, right here on the Print On Demand cast. See ya. Hey, babe. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the Totally Tubular show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Want to be wicked nice? Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next time for sure.
All right, we want to thank John one more time for coming on and taking. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Because <laughs> he started, and I'm like going. <laughs> Don't start until oh. I'm done fluffing my hair. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a good B-roll right there. That's, uh, that's your oh, Marvel post credit scene right there. Feels so good.